Good day and welcome to the FIFA World Cup podcast for today, Tuesday, the 29th of November, 2022, in the year of our Lord. And wherever you do your listening from, whether you are in the USA, on the African continent, Americas, Asia, Europe and Oceania welcome to your most exciting informative and educative sports podcast on calling on Apple Podcasts on Google Podcasts and on Spotify with yours truly Philip Alimo and I've got immense love for sports and undoubtedly the biggest stage in world football the fifa world cup on today's episode we'll continue with our coverage all the way in doha we'll be looking at the group stage round two games at the ongoing fifa world cup qatar 2022 with me in the studios to do the discussions as always is my abled friend and colleague justin justin good morning and welcome to today's episode of our podcast good morning philip how are you doing i'm doing very great how are you doing as well um not bad not bad it has been a fun second round so far and we are looking forward to a great third round of the fifa world cup Awesome, awesome. For Group A, uh, for the second round of games, we had Qatar host nation losing to the Senegal 
who are the current African champions, and Qatar also are the current Asian champions. But unfortunately, they lost 3-1 to Senegal. In the other group game, the Netherlands were held to a 1-1 draw against Ecuador. Justin, what are your opinion and assessions on this group? Well, I think that the second the the second round of games in Group A were very beautiful. Um, as considering that Aliu Cisse re re strategized very well. Um, considering how the Taranga Lions performed against the the Dutch and now they played a more proactive game, especially something that was very notable was. He switched Ismail Assar back to the right and played Crepin Diata on the left-hand side, with which there was more danger and it caused the first goal. It forced the mistake by the Qatari centre-back in the name of Kuki as Bulai Dia scored the first goal and Famara Diedu also scored a beautiful header, um, as well as Mohamed Muntari, the Ghanaian-born Qatari striker, also pegging one back for the, um, for the Qatari. And then my my favorite part was when Ileman India came on and also um, assisted Bamba Dieng for the third goal. So I believe that it was a dominant performance from the Taranga Lions. And also watching um, watching the watching the Dutch, it was a very poor performance by their regular um, foot, footballing standards. As Ecuador took the game to them, I mean after Gakpo scored a beautiful goal, um, it was a very very it was a very very um, uphill battle for the Dutch as they even conceded late in the first half with with which was adjusted to be offside deservedly so but the Ecuadorians came back very well and strongly in in the in the second half and and finished a very beautiful goal. And I believe that with a bit of with a bit of time on um, left on the clock the Ecuadorians could have even snatched their win. So it was a very very inspiring performance from the Ecuadorians setting up a very great um, showdown in the final group games between the Senegalese and the Ecuadorians in Group A. In Group A. And uh, another another group which gave us the first red card of the tournament was Wales versus Iran. Iran actually won that game at the death. Um, Justin, what, what did you make of uh, Carlos Kairos Boyce's performance as against Gareth Bale's Wales. So for me, um, notably one of the things I saw and I even posted that um, after after the game against the English, Carlos Queiroz retooled his team and moved to a four four two against the Welsh national team, with which he played Sada as Moon as well as Mediterranean up front. And for me, it was a very very beautiful performance by the Iranians as it looked like almost the whole game um, the Welsh didn't have an answer or hardly had any answers for the Iranian national team especially um, Sada Azmouni coming coming close I think hitting hitting the crossbar twice and and also and also um, escaping a lot of close shapes until until Wayne Hennessy made a very very big call by coming out and um, trying to trying to get to the ball before Mediterranean, with which he hit him and won, and and then was was booked and sent off for that challenge. And for me, I think that looking looking at that looking at that red card, 
after it, it was it was even smoother sailing for um for the Iranians as Cheshmi as well as um as well as their right back also scored a very very beautiful chip in the last in the last embers of the game. So I believe that was a very it was a very dominant performance from the Iranian side and I think that it's it's something that the people of Iran and also Carlos Kerosh would have been proud to experience because it was a very, very tough game. And I think this is their first win against an European side in World Cup history. Definitely it is and was their first win against an European nation. And England, United States dubbed football versus soccer. Football for England and soccer for the United States. That game ended in a goalless draw. Uh, just a brief assertions on that game. Well, I think that it was a flat performance from the three Lions. As as the as as they approached this game, very very maybe I don't know less less sharp maybe because of the 6-2 when they felt probably complacent a bit but then the setup wasn't inspiring as as Greg Berhalter of the United States also took the game to them and had also learned his lessons from and had learned his lessons from the game against the against the um against the Welsh and with this he actually pulled Yunus Musa a bit into the center making it quite difficult for people like Bellingham as well as the Clan Rice and Mason Mount to play out. So it was quite a difficult game. They also made sure to press very well in terms of the wide areas, put Saka in some three V one situations and 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 even and even Christian Pulisic came and um, came close by actually hitting the crossbar. So I think that it was a very it was a very, very flat performance from the English and for me, even though they won a point and have put a, put themselves in a very very good position heading into the last group game. The, the 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 United States national team will also be proud as as they have seen their record being maintained of not losing to the English national team in the FIFA World Cup. Definitely, and uh, Group C, uh, we had Poland beat Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia couldn't keep their momentum after they beat. Uh, 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 Argentina in that historic World Cup win. Saudi Arabia uh, played very well, but uh, the clinical uh, side on the day was Poland, and uh, Robert Lewandowski scored his first ever FIFA World Cup goal in four World Cup appearances, and in doing so, equaled uh, uh, world legend Pelé on uh, international goal scoring uh, record. Uh, tied at 77. Uh, uh, Justin, what are your sessions on this game as well? Well, looking at looking at the game against the, the Polish national team, the Saudi Arabians were quite progressive and they were more proactive as compared to the game against the Argentines because they they probably saw they probably saw how flat the Polish were against the Mexicans and probably thought that yeah, we could we could take the game to them a bit, and which they actually did actually dominate a possession, especially in the middle of the pack. Notably, looking at Mohamed Khan of um, Al Hilal, he played quite well um, in that game. But then the Polish also had to react after their very very um, very very disappointing performance against the Mexicans by putting. Now they placed um, they placed um, Arkadosh Milik of. Events right by Lewandowski to actually give more of a goal threat 
and not and not put all the pressure on Lewandowski, with which it probably worked because now it made Piotr Zielinski, um, whenever he drifted out wide and he tried to fashion in a cross, it gave him more options in the box with which with which the Polish scored the first goal that was against the round of play. But deservedly so they won a penalty with which um Wojciech Chesney actually came came to the rescue of the Polish and also maintaining his two clean sheets in two games because he had a very, very great save on the penalty and also a very an even better save on, on, on the rebound after the penalty. And then as you know, um if if you leave if you make if you make mistakes in these kind of games you get punished for it because every team almost every national team that have made mistakes have um, have seen have seen that and that was what the Saudi the Saudi Arabians did in the second half by actually um controlling not controlling a ball quite well and allowing a finisher or a lethal a lethal striker like Lewandowski to get a chance on goal and actually and also scored his first World Cup goal in his career. And I mean that was a beautiful feeling. You could see the waist lifted off his shoulder as 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 he looked relieved that he has finally been able to score a goal in the World Cup for the Polish national team. Another team that was relieved to have gotten a decent and a and, and, and a good score line to still remain in contention of progressing to the last sixteen was Argentina when they beat Mexico. 2-0 on the day Lionel Messi rose up to the occasion by getting a goal and an assist and becoming the first man to assist in five World Cups. Um uh Justin, what do you make of that game? For me, I think that it was a solid approach from Gerardo Tata Martino, who was the former former coach of the Argentine national team. And I mean I think he knows how the Argentines operate and he did well to stifle them in the first half, even though Lionel Scaloni made some good changes because um, I think that within looking at Cristiano Romero and Leandro Paredes, they hadn't played they hadn't played any um, reasonable minutes since their injuries um, um, in I think around October and also September. So then that made it so then so then that actually caused that actually caused a reaction from Scaloni as as he puts in as he puts in Lissandro Martinez of Manchester United, as well as Guido Rodriguez um, of Real Betis, and also brought in um, McAllister of Brighton to replace um, Alejandro Gomez of um, Sevilla. So then, looking looking at those looking at those um, changes, he actually um, he actually tried to put out a more progressive or a more solid um, team because, as you know, Guido Rodriguez is a very combative midfield that doesn't shy away from. 50-50s, and if you watch the game, he functioned as sort of a third centre back in terms of in terms of um, building up from the back. That actually caused a bit of a gap in the middle for the Argentines because it made it made Rodrigo de Paul's work as well as Alexis McAllister's work way more difficult than it should have been. And you could tell that the Mexicans were on top um, in the first half, but in the second half, once he took off, once he once he took off Guido Rodriguez and Took of Lautaro Martinez, brought on them um, with Julian Alvarez as well as Enzo Fernandez of Benfica. It made everything quite easier because Enzo Fernandez is actually a very, very good player in the build-up phase or in the first phase of building building up play from the back. And it made it easier for the Argentines to go for it. As you know, um, Julian Alvarez has some great movements. 
actually also fashioned um, a good number, um, a, a considerable space to give Messi to um, to give Messi the chance to shoot against um, Guillermo Ochoa, and and also that that second goal and that finish from Enzo Fernandez was beautiful. For me, it was one of it was one of the most. I don't know. I wouldn't say it was one of the best games to watch, but in in a beautiful stadium like the Lusail Stadium, that that big stadium, I think that it was a very very great event that happened there, and there was no there was no better occasion for Lionel Messi to step up and equal Maradona's record in the FIFA World Cup. And another team that stood up to uh, also make an impact in this World Cup is France in Group D. They are, they, they are one of three teams to have kept a 100% record in this tournament and to have progressed to the next stage of the competition. Uh, France became the fir- is the first European side since 1994 to have, uh, to, uh, uh, to have won the World Cup and broken the winner's case. Remember, since uh, 2006, no team that has won the World Cup has ever progressed past the group stages in the following year when they had to defend the competition. And this time round, France were playing Denmark for the third time this year. They had met earlier on twice and, and on both occasions Denmark had the better of France. And this is also the first time since 1966 when France are playing the same team in the same calendar year after playing. In, in the last time it happened, it was against Czechoslovakia. And uh, a star player who stood up and rose up to the occasion when France beat Denmark by two goals to one is Kylian Mbappe. Uh, Justin, brief assertions on that game. So for so for a team that has beaten France twice in the same calendar year, it was quite refreshing to see that Didier Deschamps had learned his lesson in terms of approaching the game, even though he has a more depleted squad. And and for me, I think that um, Antoine Griezmann has been silently playing, or he has been slightly silently performing and showing shades of his 2018 um, World Cup performances right again in 2022 as probably one of the best players of the tournament so far because he has been the main architect behind most of how most of how France tend to build up. And also looking at someone like um, Theo Hernandez, who, who also registered the second assist of the campaign after after coming in for an injured Lucas Hernandez, he has also performed incredibly well. And and I think that Kylian Mbappe Kylian Mbappe too has shown that the amount of pressure or he can he can actually absorb the amount of pressure that is on his shoulders because the pressure of a whole nation um as as great as France is on his shoulders and he has he has actually answered he has actually answered to all their calls and all their needs so far in his World Cup performances. And for me it was it was it was actually quite a nice milestone to, to see him hit to see him hit these number of goals in the World Cup and now he has registered his seventh World Cup goal in in history, and he's just and he's still under twenty five. Who knows? He can probably break the record at at this rate because he is putting in some great performances this year. Another team that has put up a great performance is Australia, uh, recording 
your first World Cup win, I think, since, if my memory serves me right, since 2014 or 2010. And uh, they beat Tunisia by a lone goal. What do you make of that performance? Well, I believe that the Australians played very well because for for not for 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 your for your last win to have come from the group that the same group Ghana was in as as they beat Serbia in the 2010 World Cup, it was it was actually quite a nice approach to see um, the Australians being way more proactive in terms of. In, in terms of how they play their football, because looking at how Aaron Moy performed, Aaron Moy for me has been has been a very very great performer for the Australian national team, and 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 he actually proved it against the Tunisians, because with the way he was distributing and the way he was he was actually um, being the distractor in front of in, in front of the Australian defense was was quite amazing. Unfortunately, the Tunisians performed well, but then that cutting edge in front of goal was the problem. Wabi Kajri was too late um, to make any kind of impact. As as well as for me, probably my most disappointing performance from an African player being Fajani Sasi, who has been a very key player for Tunisia, couldn't make an impact. Um, and then that beautiful glancing header from Duke was what was was what could separate the two teams. And I believe that it's it's an it's an uphill battle for the Tunisians now against the world defending world champions to even to be able to stand a chance to make it into the last sixteen. But I think that it was a beautiful and a very very um, team team oriented or a lovely performance from the Australians. Group E. Also saw another lovely performance and in a game that went against the round of play. Japan, after uh, their impressive first uh, uh, group game against Germany, beating them by two goals to one, they lost against Costa Rica by a lone goal. And Costa Rica's only shot on target was what produced the magic on the day it mattered most and beating Japan by a lone goal and uh, and the other group game spain were held to a 1-1 draw by germany remember the guys who made the difference in the spain germany game all came from the bench and this is the first time in this particular tournament that substitutes alvaro morata has come from the bench to make a difference he did it in the last game against costa rica and he's done it in this game against Spain as well. Justin, your quick assertions on the two games. Well, I believe that the, the Japanese underestimated the Costa Ricans because looking at the team Moriyasu um, started without without the likes of Kaoru Mitoma as well as um, Junior Ito and also and 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 I think also leaving someone like um, Doan out of it. Was quite was quite um, was quite very disrespectful from my point of view because because you could tell that those people were the ones who made it happen against the Costa Ricans eh, against the Germans sorry so then looking looking at it you actually need to take the game to Costa Rica and try to finish it off as soon as possible but that wasn't the case and I think that against the round of play um, you have to you have to take your chances and. I think that that's what the Costa Ricans got, and even though Gonda of Japan tried to get a very very big palm onto it, it wasn't enough as the ball entered the net. For me, so for me, I think that it was a solid 
performance from the Costa Ricans. And this is what we we have we have known them, or this is how we have known them to be, especially again, with their with their heroics in that in that 2014 uh, FIFA World Cup. So that was a bit of that was a bit of um, a very very um, retro showing from the Costa Ricans. And also looking at the Spanish the, the Spanish national team against the the German national side, it was a very very cagey encounter. As for me, I think the Hansi Flick actually had the upper hand a bit because in terms of in terms of how in terms of how the Germans came out, they were they were for me they played better and they actually performed they actually took a level a level or two up um, up um, with as compared to their performance against the Japanese. And I think that hard luck from them as well as hard luck from the Spanish because they could have finished off some good chances. And for me, I think that with Hansi Flake or what he has observed right now, it looks like you have to go with a straight or a, an actual nine. That's the player who um, who came off the bench to score um, full crook of Vera Berman because his involvement actually sharpens them. Because even though Jamal Musiala creates a lot, you cannot you cannot rely on him to finish it. As for me, I think he is still young and he is not very very um, developed in in that sense. And it looks like Thomas Muller, um, um, Serge Gnabry, and the, um, and I think um, Goreska as well as Gundogan all are a bit wasteful in front of goal. So that focal point that that. That focal point in full group of what he offers will be very, very beneficial to the Germans against Costa Rica. And, uh, and speaking of focal, uh, remember until 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 this tournament, uh, eleven day, uh, until that game against uh, Spain eleven days ago, he made his debut as the oldest uh, uh, player to have played for the German national team in a friendly against Oman and scored the winner. And last season, he's, he's played the senior part of his career in the second in the in the second tier of German football and the lower divisions. He's currently the second uh, uh, top goal scorer in the German Bundesliga, and uh, he came off the bench to uh, help uh, Germany get an equalizer in that game. And in that particular game, Alvaro Morata is also another person who is proving Luis Enrique. Right, he had a lot of criticisms when he was called into the national team. And I, in an interview, he says all he wants to do is to prove his critics wrong. In Group F, Belgium lost to the Atlas Lions of Morocco by two goals to nil. And this is Morocco's first World Cup win since 1998 when they beat Scotland by three goals to nil in France. And this is the third time in their history as far as the world cup is concerned that they've recorded a win and in, and also remember morocco's win at the world cup have all come against european nations and uh, in the other group f game croatia beat canada by four goals to nil and in this particular game between croatia and denmark we had the first the fastest goal of the tournament being scored by alfonso Davis. Alfonso Davis has a very interesting story. He was born in Ghana in a refugee camp called Bujumbura. His family moved to Canada when he was he was a, he was a toddler, and uh, uh, from Canada 
he, he got opportunity he, he, to play in the MLS. He moved to join Bayern Munich in his first season in Bayern. He won the Bundesliga the following year. He won the Champions League. And then now he, qualif- he helped to ensure Canada qualified for the World Cup since 1986 and also scored Canada's first ever goal at the World Cup and also the fastest goal of the tournament as well as his first ever goal. It is a group of many milestones. Uh, Justin, what are your assertions on this group? Well, um, I would, I would, I would um, happily um, commend Walid Ragragi of Morocco. The Atlas Lions quote for me, he has been such a very, very um, good, good appointment as Valid Halihotsic was was relieved of his duties by the Moroccan Football Federation. And looking at what he has done from probably the friendly game against Chile up till now, he has not conceded a goal. His team hasn't conceded a goal since he took over the Moroccan national team. And you could tell, you could tell the amount of intensity they had against the Red Devils of Belgium. Even even though maybe I would say that. This Belgium crop right now are a bit older than than um, than than the Moroccans, and probably they've played more than the Moroccans. You could tell you could tell the golfing class in terms of intensity and how they approach the game. As someone like Sofian Amrabat, again, I would I would I would commend him. For me, he has been he has been Morocco's best player. Um, he played he for me he played quite well and was able to take the game to not only. Kevin De Bruyne, but Fitzo, as well as Am- Amadou Onana, who later came up for Yuri Tielemans in in, uh, in probably a chain that I didn't necessarily agree with by Roberto Martinez. But then, Sabiri came on and scored a beautiful free kick and um, Ziek also played quite well and he and Hakimi's connection on the right-hand side seemed to be a very, very difficult thing that the um, the the Belgians couldn't keep out as as um, Ziyech provided the the second goal to um, Abukau to score against the Belgians. For me, it was quite a beautiful performance, and opposite it, it was it was quite disappointing to see that from Belgium. And also looking at what John Herdman said about trying to give the Croatians hell, um, I think that his um, I think that his 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 approach from the beginning was quite good because then Tejon Buchanan took a very more he took a more proactive role as compared to as compared to the game against um, Belgium because Buchanan was doing what he did best that was trying to provide crosses into the box try to assist and make things happen and for me and for me um looking looking at that Alfonso Davis goal um a lot of times it has been one of the most beautiful headers I've seen in this World Cup because the goal was the goal was scored to perfection. And on the opposite side, um, looking at how the Croatians performed, you could tell that right after Alfonso Davis scored, they had to wake up. And it's like Dallas team actually played very well because looking at looking at the, looking at this veteran player um, Ivan Perisic of of Tottenham, he came. He came in very well and, and was and was firing on all cylinders, showing us glimpses of what he has been showing us not only in the not only in the 2018 World Cup but also um, performances during his loan spell at Bayern. And I think that it was a very very confident performance from the attack. 
as Perisic finished with two assists at the end of the day. And and for me, I think that after those two goals that the, um, the Croatian scored um, from Levaya and former Leicester striker Andre Kramaric, I think that from there it was it was just game over and the Canadians gave up. So kudos to kudos to the Moroccans and the and the Croatians for those two great performances. Another team that has been very outstanding in this tournament and in the history of the World Cup in Group G is Brazil. There are two of three teams to have also qualified to the last 16 with a 100% record. They beat the Swiss by a long goal and in doing so, they've gone 17 games unbeaten at the group stage of the World Cup and this is the last time Brazil lost a game at the World Cup was in 1998 against Norway. And remember, Vinicius Jr. Rodrigo were not even born when France lost, uh, when uh, uh, Brazil lost their last game at the World Cup. And uh, Cameroon, the Atlas, uh, the, the, the Indomitable Lions also put up a spirited performance against, Zambia, uh, against Serbia when they drew 3-3 Abubakar, Vicent Abubakar came off the bench within three minutes to ensure uh, 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 Cameroon were back in the game. Uh, uh, Justin, what do you make of this group, Group G? Well, I thought probably not, a, not one of their most memorable performances, but Brazil, uh, Brazil were able to get a job done against the Swiss. Um, I, because the Swiss gave them a, quite a tough time in the 2018 World Cup and actually did again um, against this, did the same thing this year too because without, because without they were, because without they were coming forward, even though they did not get a shot on target, was a bit threatening. Um, but then looking at, looking at how the Brazilian team has been set up, teach, um, actually provided a bit of, a bit of attacking, um, provided a, a, a bit of um, an attacking help or a cog in the middle, in the in the shape of Lucas Paqueta and also Fred, um, as they pushed slightly ahead of Casemiro and they and they tried to make things happen. But once Paqueta came off and brought and um, Rodrigo, who is more, who who is an out and out attacker, made it quite easier for them to break and they probably scored one goal that was. Um, deservedly ruled for offside as according to the rules of the game. But then Manchester United's um, defensive midf- uh, midfielder Casemiro, who probably should have scored a stunner against Serbia as his efforts came off the crossbar, actually um, hit hit the ball on a half volley, with which it was beautifully out of the reach of Swiss keeper Jan Sommer. So for me, that was quite a beautiful performance. But looking at what Serbia and the Cameroonians did, I think that for it was honestly it was poor game management from the indomitable Lions because against the round of play, Castelletto scored the first goal, and once the board by the fourth official went up as plus six, you could tell that there was a bit of fatigue and there was a and you could tell that the Cameroonians needed a break more than the Serbians because in that six minutes that was where the Serbians came back and scored two quick fire goals against the Cameroonians and for me that was that was a sluggish performance in that last six minutes of the first half but then 
But then you could tell that you could tell that Sergei Milinkovic Savic was pulling the strings. Mitrovic was also pulling the strings. Came came close a few times, even though he scored one, he hit the post and but then deservedly so he scored he scored a, a goal in the second half. Um, as as Tadic and Milinkovic Savic um played played the ball played the ball out very well. And actually it was it was it was they made a goal quite easier because as no one was trying to take the shot, it kept on opening a bigger it, it kept on creating bigger, bigger chances. As when the ball got to uh, Alexandra Metro and uh, Metrovic, you know that he doesn't let he doesn't let those chances die. So then that was a that was a great finish. But Rigo Besson made good changes and probably I don't know if this Abubakar started that game it it would it could have been a different it could have been a different outcome because with the runs he made in the build up to the second and third goals, I think that for me that was that was that was probably my highlight of the African teams, even though the Cameroonians didn't win because with how he read the high line quite well and was able to be onside alongside um, Milenkovic of Fiorentina for me it was it was it was it was a it was a genius move and I think that it was just right that the man of the match award was given to Vansa Abubakar after the game ended. Another game that lived up to the billing was Group H. The Black Stars of Ghana beat Korea by three goals to two. The Black Stars took a lead in the first half beating the Koreans by two goals to nil the Koreans came back in the second half and within a space of three minutes were back into the game. But Mohamed Kudus powered Ghana with a 3-2 lead to give the Black Stars of Ghana their first World Cup win since 2010. And remember, in the history of the World Cup, Ghana has never lost their second group game. And also in doing so, Ghanaian coach Otto Addo became the first Ghanaian coach to also win a game at the World Cup. And uh, in the other group game, Portugal beat Uruguay by two goals to nil. And uh, in that game, Bruno Fernandes scored both goals for Portugal. And Bruno Fernandes is having a tournament to remember. In the last game against Ghana, he provided two assists. And in, this, uh, in the next game against Uruguay, he provided the two goals as well. He was a scorer, in fact, of the two goals. And uh, what that happens is that Portugal have qualified to the last 16 with a 100% record. And Ghana's next group game against Uruguay will determine who, who gets the second slot in that group. Korea Republic also have a chance in that game against Ghana. Uh, we saw the second red card in, the, in this tournament going to the Korean coach. Justin, your overall impressions of Group H? For me, I think that Group, group, group H lived up to his building. Um, looking, at, looking at how the Uruguayans set up against, against the Portuguese um, similar, in a similar fashion um, as compared to the, how the Ghanaians set up because they went from a four-back to a three-back, including Sebastian Coates, formerly of Liverpool, in that three-man defence alongside Jose Maria Jimenez and Diego Godin. Um, so then it made it made 
from a provided kind of that same cover that the Ghanaians had against the Portuguese. And it took it took for me it took a moment of genius for the Portuguese to be able to break the resolve of the Uruguayans. And for me, um it was I think that I think that as compared to as compared to how as compared to how they the the Portuguese performed against Ghana, the performance was flat as as they faced this five back and it actually took them something special from Bruno, even though Ronaldo um, thought he got his head onto that cross. That in swinger was perfect and 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 I think that it was able to it was it was able to confuse um the goalkeeper of Uruguay and that opened the game up a bit because after that goal people like Maxi Gomez came on, Luis Suarez came on, Diarasqueta came on, um even Facundo Pelistri of Manchester United also came on to, to try and rescue the games for the Euro Uruguayans. But then Bruno Fernandes dispatched a penalty that put them clear and won them their um, won them their three points against the Uruguayans. And looking at how the Black Stars performed against the Koreans, um I think that it was for me a very, very great reply. I think what Otuado said that they learning their lessons against the Portuguese probably not entirely because because I think that we we lost we lost or we considered these two goals as a as a result of as a result of our individual defensive errors um because the Korean assistant coach said that Ghana Ghana has some problems um out wide because they cannot defend very well out wide and I think that that was quite obvious against Portugal when it was it was it was obvious to against against um, the Koreans because as Kangin Lee of Ramayoka came on he took the game to Tariq Lamte who looked tired after after um, the first half a good performance in the first half and his cross set up the first Korean goal the left back of Korea the veteran left back of Korea also played in a beautiful cross that set up the second goal right from the same side of the Ghanaian defense, um, giving Atizigi no chance of trying to keep those those balls out of the goal. And then I think that Jordan Ayew's um, um, selection was quite in um, was quite controversial or created some con- controversy after he lost out two balls. Um, when the Portuguese scored their second and third goals against Ghana, but he silenced his critics and performed well, breaking up play when the pressure was on the Ghanaians, and also his crosses were reminiscent of his assist that he gave against Chelsea earlier this season, as he provided two beautiful balls that um, that were headed in um, by Salisu. No, that was kicked in by Salisu and headed in by Kudus, but then. The other switch that that was Gideon Mensah instead of Barbara Man also showed a bit of progressiveness from Otto Ado and also looked at and also showed some kind of ruthlessness that um, I said I said in in the other episode that he should have had and then I think that 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 also was a good cause of the last goal from Mohamed Kudus and after this great performance it shows Ghana has equaled Ghana has equaled their goal scoring tally. That they they were able to get in South Africa, um, in the 2010 edition, they have done so in the 2022 edition in just two games, as uh, Milovan Rajivat and his men were able to score five goals 
from the group stages to the quarterfinals. So I think that even though Otwado said we will see a different Ghanaian side, it wasn't so different in terms of um, how to soak pressure defensively because they considered probably this, a similar goal twice. And I think that is that is maybe a cause for a cause for concern, but looking at how they have developed and they took off the leash a bit in, in the attacking phase, you would you would bet you would bet that Otuado should be able to solve the defensive frailties that the Ghanaian Black Stars have currently. And uh, uh, speaking of records, uh, uh, this is also the first time in the history of the World Cup the Black Stars have scored three goals in a single game. And also, Mohamed Kudus of Ghana is also having a tournament to remember. He provided assist in Ghana's last game against Portugal. Uh, 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 and also in this game, he is the first Ghanaian to have scored a brace in a single game at the World Cup. And he also won his first Man of the Man, uh, uh, Man of the Match award. In in doing so, he also became the second African to also score a brace in a single game at the World Cup. In in just a brief statement, Justin, my top three teams that have impressed me in this round and is uh, uh, Argentina, Mexico, uh, Lionel Messi. Uh, rising up to the occasion when it matters most because Ad- Argentina lost that game or drew that game, their chances of progressing to the last 16 was going to be slim. The other game that also impressed me was the France-Denmark game, um, given the history of the two sides this year and Kylian Mbappe uh, rising up to the occasion at a very young age of 23 years. I think that is very impressive and remarkable. Another another uh, game that impressed me was the Morocco-Belgium game. Uh, Morocco uh, uh, rising up and making a difference where it matters the most. And the last one is Ghana stepping up to the plate and ensuring that they can be counted at the world's biggest stage. Uh, Justin, which of the 16 games stood out for you? Well, I mean, for me, I think that it is evidently the one that um, the Atlas Lions played against against um, the Belgians. And for me, I think that that was quite a brief performance by all standards. Probably one of one of the most entertaining games from an, an African side this um, this um, edition. Because as I said in the previous edition, I hoped the Africans would step up and actually win some more games um, this time and I think that they probably had my call as they were able to win three out of five games, drew one and lost one. So then I think that I think that um, the Africans played way better, especially the Moroccans. Um, and for me, I think the second game that I would pick out of the bunch was the Iranian game against the game against Wales. I think that the Iranians probably played a, a very very a very very good game that even Rob Page, the coach of Wales, didn't see coming. And as and for me, as I said, I think that the Welsh play better when they are underdogs. But then it seemed like with a game that they were favoured in to be the favourite by most people, the Iranian side showed them a bit a bit of what what they can do and 
why and why they were able to top your group in the AFC qualification. Until our next episode, as always, it's been a pleasure coming your way with today's edition of the FIFA World Cup show. And Justin, thank you so much for your succinct and detailed analysis. I hope our audience will be doing the listening would also enjoy the show as much as we have until our next episode where we will look at the third group games which will be over the weekend keep well stay blessed and remain safe i leave you with the official soundtrack of the fifa world cup 2022 better together be, let's all be better together What can you 